Today on the show, Given on a Chainsaw. Is the medium the message? Father Ryan talks tech, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Well, hello there. It is time for the CU Weekly, the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 352. I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me this week, we've got Kathleen Lee. She's a religion teacher at Archbishop Chappelle High School in Metairie. She is our locally sourced and freshly back from Memphis, Faith Ninja. Yes. Hey, Kathleen. Full of barbecue. Full but of I'm barbecue. Here. She's sauced on the sauce. I'm saucy. <laughs> well, we know that one, that's for sure. <laughs> also, and, and to her left, equally saucy, Father Ryan Humphreys. He's the pastor of St. Edward the Confessor Catholic Church in Tallulah, Louisiana. Hello, Father. Hello, world. That's right. We've also got Olivia Galino. She is the Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Hello, Olivia. Hello. And uh, let's go up to space, up on the Jeff Star One. We got Jeff Blackwell. He is the Technical Director of the CU. He's the Commandant of the Jeff Star One Near Earth Orbit Satellite. Hello, Jeff. Howdy, neighbor. Yes, yes. We are, we are all here, yes, aren't we? Yes, we are. And of course, uh, Ed is in the, the video zone. Um, I think it's a, a, a nitrogen-rich atmosphere in which he can work. And so mm-hmm. uh, Ed's up there punching the video for us if you are watching on catholicunderground.tv, on catholic tv on telecare tv on catholic life tv or any one of the mine nodes that you can kind of plug into uh, in in at least this sector of the sol solar yeah, system ed tv you know yeah fred yeah. tv any of those any of the eds basically yes, yes. yeah so um you should never underestimate what a determined nun can do i think we all Agree, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, Sister Margaret Ann, who is the principal of Archbishop Coleman Carroll High School in Miami, has become the chainsaw sister <laughs> after being filmed uh, clearing the roads near her school with a chainsaw. In fact, uh, she she received quite a bit of coverage, um, and uh, and so you're 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 seeing there's a if you're watching on the video feed, there she is uh, with her chainsaw in hand. Um, the story goes, uh, you know, after Hurricane Irma ravaged the, uh, ravaged the Miami area. Sister Margaret Ann inspected the damage done to her school and to the convent, and so she was walking basically the quarter mile around the school and the convent, and she saw a car almost get stuck as it tried to maneuver around the debris, because, you know, there's there's a lot of standing water. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so she said, well... I said, no way, and turned right back around and went to the school and got the chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the movies. Solving problems. Exactly. That's right, yeah. So she then spent three hours clearing fallen trees from 150 yards of road. You know, uh, prayer and work is That's what right. nuns do. And yep. yeah. In did. a habit and wimple. Yeah, Get exactly. Really. That's the thing. I mean, in a full, full habit. Yeah. Which yeah. is really something to see. Uh, and so, I, actually, there was, a, I think uh, it was the uh, Associated Press that picked up the story, and then from there, it just went crazy. And so, uh, and so Sister was, um, was interviewed in all the news outlets, and uh, the, uh, it was a Miami-Dade police officer who posted the video. The boys in blue, like, can you, we, we wear uniforms, yeah. but look at yeah. this, you know? And, uh, and so, um, yeah, people were driving by and saying, thank you, sister, thank you. She said, so I think it's been really good for our community, and I understand the video has really gone worldwide. So that's kind of funny. She also said that she was glad that the video gave the public a different view of nuns. Yeah. She said, and I quote, the students are telling me, they're saying, sister, you're no wimp. You'll get out there and work mm-hmm. with us. And that really is the way it should be, and that's the way sisters really are. We're not just sitting back praying or asking other people or begging for money or anything like that. She says, we're out here working elbow to elbow with our people, and that's the way it is. We're not going to sit back and let someone else do the work that we have the ability to do. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's 
that's really what you want to see, you know, the, the whole notion of being in the world, not of the world. There it is. Well, you know, the consecrated religious are really are. It, it, it's a moment for us to, to get into the sense that they're a separate vocation. Yeah. You know, and and that 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 is a, a vocation that is oriented toward work, toward mm -hmm. doing something. You know, I, I as a priest will go to say a football game, mm -hmm. and people will be telling a raunchy joke or, or using foul language, and I walk by, and they kind of sorta shut it down. But mm -hmm. if a nun comes by, oh, yeah. good God, it's a <laughs> no chance. Game <laughs> you know that. Yes, I'm sorry, sister. I'm going to go to confession right now. And they'll come <laughs> ask me if a sister walked by and not need to go. You know, it's it's a totally different world, and that's not an accident. And I no, like right. that. You mm -hmm. know, sister just wanted to eat her cheese coning. That's all she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, that's that's the beauty of the habit in the world yeah. too. You know, um, and, and there's something that that. The habit bespeaks a mystery, yeah. in the same way that priestly garb can do that. But but a habit, for some reason, I think also when you join the sense of mystery that a habit uh, engenders, but also the mystery of womanhood. Mm -hmm. I think there's also that that uh, that connection too, with motherhood, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and she really is acting like a mother. She mm -hmm. you know she saw a problem, she's going to fix it because her children, her spiritual yeah. children, needed something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love how she just. She didn't think anything of it. You know, uh, one of her interviews that she did, the news person was basically just trying to draw out of her. She, they wanted her to say, like, yeah, I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> and she was just, they, you know, so they probed her, you know, well, why, why did you think of the chainsaw? What, it, you know, why would you do that? And she was like, well, we had a chainsaw. Like, <laughs> there was, a there chainsaw. was things yeah. in the road. We had a chainsaw. And, like, you could just tell that the news people were just like, uh, um, yeah, there's, you know they just didn't know what to do with her humility. There's yeah. there's news here, but we can't find it because yeah. it's not sensational. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. she's made a normal thing out of this chainsaw. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you think of like I think of the idea of a of a mama bear. You know, mm -hmm. just like this is what I'm going to do. And I, I find it funny that um, people have sent in. Um, like emails and they've shown her videos like you're not doing it right nobody was like in all of the videos that I've seen like nobody's out there with her yeah, yeah. you know she's like well I had to google how to start it you know mm -hmm. and and but but nobody's out there you know helping her they're just like oh your habit might get caught and you're doing it this might be very dangerous and she's like ain't nobody else out here helping me yeah. you know take care of my kids so I gotta do it myself mm -hmm. um, and it's totally you know I just I picture that mama bear yeah, exactly. Attitude. And yeah. of course, she's a principal, too. So yeah. I can only imagine if she takes to the chainsaw with uh, with troubles in the road. Yeah. yeah, and she knew exactly where it was, too. It's not like she had to go find the maintenance guy or, no, no she was like, oh, I know where the chainsaw is. I'm going to go find it. Yeah. I'm going to make sure it's gassed up and then I'm going to use it. <laughs> yeah. We should always know where the chainsaw yeah. is, right? Yeah. Basically, that's the moral of the story. Yeah, now she can walk down the halls of her school. Children, <laughs> children <laughs> remember. Yeah. I know where the chainsaw is. <laughs> 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 Ooh, okay, he's, up there. he's also the disciplinarian, I guess, maybe. Yeah, he I is now, imagine. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There it is. I mean, the chainsaw sister does sound like a Netflix documentary. Like, <laughs> it does. Right? He does. Like, I'm, uh, yeah. I, 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 don't know, I, I don't know what I would do. I don't know how I'd feel about picking up a chainsaw myself. I would be afraid for my digits. <laughs> yeah, I've done it. I've, you, I've used one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? No, I mean, yeah. operating it in a cassock, I think, would yeah. be a different animal than operating it, you know, in, yeah. in jeans. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I, I can't say, I, I've done yard work in my cassock before, but I've never handled violent tools. <laughs> violent tools. Yeah, <laughs> in my... You know. Add a wimple and see how that goes. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's... <laughs> if you were Greek Orthodox, you know. Yeah, there you go. So show of hands at the table, uh, folks that, that have uh, used a chainsaw before? 
don't think. I, I haven't either. I haven't I'd used a chainsaw. Jeff, you've used your chainsaw. Yeah, Ed's raising his hand too. Sure. Yeah. Okay. It's oh. not as easy as it looks. It looks like people people who can wield a good chainsaw. It looks like they're slicing through butter, but it's not. Yeah. It's no. Not it's a little jarring at first, but once you get the hang of it. When, yeah. when I worked construction, <laughs> I and I had to handle a jackhammer. Oh. That was a game changer because that looks like, you know, these big burly men go, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrifying. It shouldn't be around. I mean, you're flying. You know, it, was, it was nuts, you know. I always look for the power tools. I'm like, yeah. When, yeah. when can I use that one over there? And they're like, yeah. no, you don't. You don't big have big props to people who can handle that stuff. Yeah. You know, sister's no slouch if she's handling a, a chainsaw oh, yeah. and dismantling trees with it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's one thing to knock a limb off. It's a whole different thing to move a tree out of mm-hmm. a road. Yeah. So, so I suppose we should say Catholic Underground, kudos to you, sister, yeah. mm-hmm. um, for your use of the chainsaw. And the use of your habit, chainsawing while habited, I think, is, yeah. a, is, a, is a good way to, to look at it. Well, I, I, I think one of the, the, the things that's interesting about this story is it kind of provides an antidote and a different story about feminism. Yeah. You know, because some folks paint feminism as, as it should be that women do what men do. And yet here we have someone who really is a spiritual mother. You know, mm-hmm. she, she is standing yeah. as a spiritual mother yeah. and she's doing the work, as, as, as Kathleen and Olivia both said. But I think what's really fascinating about it is she's playing a role in the church. She's teaching people in a way that is fundamentally feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, you you know, and, and there's a lot of folks who, who talk about how well, women aren't playing enough role in the church. Or they're not you know, involved in Vatican subcommittees or they're not working for the USCCB. And yet that's never been the great role that women play in society. The great role women play in society is that they decide how kids think. Mm-hmm. They decide how kids prioritize everything mm-hmm. you know and so so for for a long time the nuns were the ones who told the kids what mattered and what didn't yeah. and and nowadays as we've we've gone from having 180,000 nuns in the 60s to being down in the neighborhood of 40,000 nuns now we've seen a loss of that sense of priority in the younger generations and i love the fact that sister is there and she is going to be she's imparting to those kids a sense of priority and what matters mm-hmm. and man that's so good that's so so good that's right, and, and they'll be the ones to say, in the same way that, that perhaps our parents and grandparents say, well, sister, sister would never have had this. Sister wouldn't yeah. have allowed this and that and the other. And, and that's something that you do take with you. you know, yeah. uh, as you say, the, the, beauty, the beauty of motherhood is that it can establish an ethic within us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they'll, they'll remember, uh, those kids will remember, and now all of the world will remember. Uh, well, sis- sister would have gotten the chainsaw out mm-hmm. you know, and taken care of this well, situation. And, and you know, when Halloween yeah. comes around, you take that blade off, and it still makes that terrifying noise. <laughs> and you run down the hall, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> sister has got her uniform, her uh, costume ready yes, to go. <laughs> that sister no longer works at Carroll <laughs> High School. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Well, I, I suppose, Jeff, that the, the best thing that we could do at this point would be to, to just take a little bit of a pause here and let you know that we are the Catholic Underground. Oh yeah, you have found the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise oh of the digital continent. You see, dad joke. Wow. What I did there? It wasn't was a dad joke. Dad Spiritual joke. dad joke. We're online at CatholicUnderground.tv. That's where you can get uh, all of our past episodes and everything. I'm Father Chris, joined by Jeff Blackwell, Olivia Galino, Kathleen Lee, Father Ryan Humphreys. Our picks of the week are coming up in a little while, but uh, you know, to connect perhaps with what sister was doing with her chainsaw. <laughs> we, we thought we would talk a little bit, as we often do with the Catholic Underground, uh, about communication. Sister was communicating a very real uh, presence of Christ and the presence of the church in the world. And for, for we, we Catholics, 
we have to do that as well. And, uh, and so periodically we like to unpack that a little bit, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, everything that we do is in some way, shape or form speaking a language to other people. I mean, body language is body language. Even the people watching the video feed right now see that I'm a little slouchy. They see that Olivia's sitting upright. They see that Kathleen is looking off in another direction. Now that she's back. Okay, good. And, and, and all she was taking that, notes like yeah. a news person. Mm-hmm. But all that body language communicates just as much as our speech does, uh, the inflection of our speech, the way that we write. And, and so when we stop and say, what is my mission as a Christian? What is my job as a Catholic? Who am I as a person? Communication becomes kind of the anchor point of all of that. So it's not just for Father Chris to preach a sermon. It's not just for Scott Hahn to write a book. It's not just for Audrey Assad to uh, to sing a beautiful song. Mm -hmm. It's for every single one of us to speak to other people. Mm -hmm. And it does help from time to time to stop and say, how do we actually go about doing that? Instead of just going, there's a lot of stuff in that. Sorry, communication is really a a lot of things, you know, big voice and having that Jeff Blackwell voice is communicating and telling us how things are going on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That Jeff Blackwell voice. But but it's something though, because in in many ways, communication is all that we do. Yeah. Lay or clergy. Right. Communication. And, And if we, if we really stay, you know, if we stop and think there are only three things that really matter when it comes to communication. Mm. There's the message that I want to communicate. Right. There's the people I want to hear that, which we can call the audience or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's the the plan that I'm going to have to take what is in my mind a spiritual thing, right, an idea. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to try to translate that into ideas and words, and I'm going to say those words out loud or type them or whatever, and then hope to God that when that goes through the filter of everybody else's brain, mm-hmm. It's going to try to be as similar as possible to what's going on in my brain. And so there is a real process here. We say, well, what is my message? And then we say, what exactly do I believe is going on in the mind of my audience? And then how do I cross that barrier? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's really what communication boils down to. And so communication, in a sense, breaks down, not when the message is flawed, although it can, but, sure. but even if the message is clear... If you're not attempting to to get into the mind, if you will, or the experience of, of the person to whom you're communicating, then no matter what method you use, you're you're going to, to miss Right. You're going to misfire, yeah. basically. Well, I mean, you you and I are planning on going to Europe, right? We, we, See. We, we've been talking about that. And we're going to be involved in a lot of languages. I'm thinking in particular in Budapest. Ah, yes. You know, mm-hmm. where neither of us have any idea about Hungary, except that there's a lot of paprika there. <laughs> there is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't speak Hungarian yet. You know, and, and yeah. so there, there are going to be some fundamental times where we want something as simple as, you know, where's that bathroom again? Where is the paprika? <laughs> <laughs> where's the little paprika room, you know? And, and it's, it, there's going to be miscommunication. And so, I mean, that's the most obvious kind of ha-ha way. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, even if we think about how do I communicate the message of the gospel, say, to my congregation on Sunday, or how do I communicate it to a hipster, Mm -hmm. or how do I communicate it to somebody sitting at the the Magpie coffee shop, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that it's going to be a radically different thing than if I'm talking to that old man who's been Catholic his entire life. Right. Or if I'm trying to talk to that person who's at the magpie, who's got a shirt on that says, you know, Jesus stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, it, th- th- or ask me about my not caring. I don't yeah. care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, th- that, that I think is, is a big deal for us. And so we have to know our message. You know, we have to know our message in the theoretical. We have to know it in the practical. We have to have good examples. We have to know what we want to say. We need to know how to put it in our own words. 
But I think even more important and probably the most important is we really have to start digging into knowing our audience. Mm -hmm. And I would propose, and that may be a topic for discussion, is the audiences out there are incredibly challenging and it's really difficult for anyone to know anyone else Mm -hmm. in this era of kind of race politics and identity politics where we're all told we're supposed to be a certain way but all of us know that I'm not a certain way just because I'm this or that or the other and so my question would be like how how do we or rather which of those audiences do we think are the toughest to talk to Mm -hmm. or or what are those audiences that we think we've had real success with because all of us have a certain natural success with certain groups yeah Well, I think there's, I mean, I don't know that I can identify a particular group, but something I've noticed in especially trying to to talk to people of a varied audience um, is that you almost have to go back to the basics and want to define your terms. Because I think people almost subconsciously, maybe even unconsciously, have an issue with assigning meaning to words, uh, assigning value to a, a, a a proposition, a, a position, um, and even if they do assign meaning to it, even if they can say like I'm saying this word and I think it means this, they don't want to. They don't want to admit a position, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and so they don't it's commit to it, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so it makes it really difficult to communicate with people. Um, but I, that so that's the problem that I found is just you know getting people almost to own up to the fact that when you say something, it has a meaning to it because uh, just by the fact that you're saying it, but also that you're attempting to communicate something with those words, with mm-hmm. those sentences, um, and like, like you're saying, like you're you're saying them to a certain person and you're, you're picking the words that you think the other person is going to be able to understand, mm-hmm. or maybe you're not because you just want to one up them. But you mm-hmm. know you're you're trying to communicate something even if, if you're trying to be obscure. Um, and I feel like people don't want to own up to that as much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, th- this would be this would be nominalism, right? The, the mm-hmm. good old yeah. heresy of nominalism of, of I will assign the value to the word mm-hmm. in the way that I think it has a value, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But recognizing that that there is an objective value to words. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I I often find the same thing. I mean, whether it's uh, I, I I sometimes wonder if I'm getting through when I'm talking to families and things because you realize that especially when we're using Catholic words to say mm-hmm. things, right? Uh, that, the, that the world around us has redefined a lot of those mm-hmm. terms. Mm-hmm. And so having to, to then pause and say, okay, my audience probably watches the evening news. They've probably watched this or that or the other. This is the kind of the category of movies that they've probably seen. Now, how do I propose that this concept that perhaps they, that, that's been colored in their minds is actually completely different than what they've experienced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, well, take take the word mercy. I, I mm-hmm. don't say the word mercy in my church at all, unless it's written in the book, mm-hmm. because the word mercy has become completely meaningless. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have any meaning in the world. And so th- when I'm talking to a handful, you know, some, some little old lady who's not 116 years old comes and wants to <laughs> sit and visit, well, I can use the word mercy all day long, and I can use charity, and I can use all those good words. Mm-hmm. But if somebody comes in and they're in their 30s, mm-hmm. you know, I can't be begin to use mercy because that word's been stripped of all of its meaning mm-hmm. yeah. you know nor can I use the word love in any meaningful sense you know mm-hmm. I mean so many of those words have been robbed and so when we're talking to somebody who is who is young yeah you know but then then it's a difference when you say well you've got a young college student who's really invested in his or her faith mm-hmm. then you can start saying let's define the terms let's start yeah. talking what those words really mean because they want to be corrected right. you know and so that audience becomes the the single most important thing is we all know what the word mercy means and what it stands for, yeah. or I shouldn't say we all do, but those of us here at this table do, you know, but then when we're, when we're actually trying to, to get the idea across 
to different groups, we can't use that word sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we have to use different words or different examples mm-hmm. to try to, you know. Sometimes I will use the definition as the word. Right. Yeah. So I will say the willingness to lay down my life for another. Yes. I mean, that's the definition of love, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, it, giving forgiveness to somebody even though they don't necessarily deserve it nor have the ability to repay it. That would be mercy, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I was just, as you were talking about that particular word, I was thinking that, that the last, because this past month, uh, we have gotten all of the all the mercy, forgiveness, mm-hmm. kind of cost of discipleship uh, homilies all together. It's almost like a sermon series that the church has built into the lectionary. And I was just thinking today that I've probably used the definition as the term. Yeah. Every week, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of begin to to get the audience to, to understand where I'm coming from, right. or really where the gospel is coming from. Yeah, I find it really difficult as a teacher. Um, I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you teach the youngins. Yeah, well, they become numb to things. Mm-hmm. So you know, the other day we were talking about uh, the baptism of Jesus and how um, how John the Baptist calls out, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world." And I was like, okay. Where do we hear that? You know, I was like, have you heard this before? And they're like, yeah, in the mess. And I was like, okay. (laughs) This side, this side. In my head, if I meet them, they're going to sound like that. Hey, Father Chris. Usually it sounds like this. I'm like, where did you hear that? I'm like, come on, say it loud, say it proud. But but this idea, you know, I said, well, what does that mean? I was like, we hear it in mass. Mm -hmm. You know, it's there for a reason. But like, can you imagine John the Baptist crying out? In like in the middle of you know the in the middle of the river, you know this man is coming up and he's like, "Behold the Lamb of God!" Like at that at that point, like let's put let's go back there. They hadn't heard this every Sunday. They hadn't heard this for their whole life. Hadn't heard it at all. And they go, yeah. "What?" Except in the Passover. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Um, the Lamb of I know about sacrificial lamb. What?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "So so this idea that you know in for my students." Um, I almost have to find things that like shock them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to find the good, like just, and this and that, you know, and they're like, to, to even get a response because they've become numb to, you know, what is the Lamb of God? What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and having to, to go in deeper um, and say, okay, well, let's look at it from a different perspective. You know, uh, so so for me, for a lot of people who are who, who are my audience, who are Catholics and have, have been for a long time, um, it's the idea that they've become numb to, um, to all the words that we use. You know that they are they're no longer like like we were saying they're they're no longer, um, you know, not so much that they're stripped, but they just don't they just don't have the the wow factor that people are looking mm-hmm. for. You know. Do you think it's becoming harder to shock them? Like you said. Yes. Like I have to I have to be like all right. So today we're gonna you know one of the things that is a role of a what used to be a role of a, a seminarian was like exorcist, and they were like. What? Oh, what now? Yeah. And I was like, know hey, does anybody is, have yeah. any questions? And they're like, me, me, you know? <laughs> and it's like, okay, yes, yeah, it definitely is getting harder. They, so they you want have to, to. You have to dial up the defibrillator yeah. even more. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. once in a while, I have to say a word. Like, like the other day, I said mortification. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, what does that mean? You know? <laughs> so every once in a while, I, I divulge into that. And, you know, and so you're, you're spilling over into uh, knowing your audience. Yeah. And then trying to pick the method, yeah. right? Yeah, to to, mm-hmm. to develop a plan to communicate to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My goodness, and and so that part of that is, this is where kind of the rubber meets the road, as right. they say, is is knowing what we want to say, why we want to say it, figuring out a way to explain, as I say, explain the terms, and then knowing who we're speaking to and all of this, and, yeah. and then 
how? Well, I mean, you take you take basic teaching nowadays. It used to be a talking head at the front of the room, mm-hmm. and then it became well. Now you need to do small group stuff, and you need to have this, and you need to have all these different teaching methodologies, and you need to have a projector, and you need to have an overhead or whatever, because all of those different things are means of communication. They're essential, and we can't just kind of say you know one way works for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so you know, knowing our audience means knowing different methods and tools and techniques. And of course, a lot of these younger kids, their attention span is 140 characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And adults now, yes. too, I think, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yes, um, yes, yes. And I, we're, see, I we're, see it. <laughs> we're, we're not knocking the adults out there, but we, but that's the thing is is we become conformed to what we consume, especially in, in our society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just the fact that our podcast is 58 minutes and 30 seconds, <laughs> I sometimes wonder, like, y'all, are you really? Is it just because we're on the commute? Yeah. Commute? <laughs> commute? Uh, that you're listening but but you know part of it is knowing who our audience is and you've said well we like the long form so we do it mm-hmm. you know but yeah. uh, but uh, homilies sometimes are shortened because right. you know you you obviously you don't want to to go into a lecture style mm-hmm. but then sometimes listening to your people i don't know about you father but i can always tell when people begin to check out oh yeah and i'm sure teachers can do the same yeah. thing you know mm-hmm. usually their head bobbles oh my people yeah. balance their checkbook you can watch it happening. Yeah. That drives me insane when people are like, man, Father, I mean, it was a good message, but I mean, a little long winded. I'm like, did you not hear? It was just full, chock full of good stuff. Come yeah. on now. Hey, get come out by of here. my church. A good homily is about God in about 10 minutes mm-hmm. at Father yep. Ryan's church. That's right. I mean, you can always tell him you know where the chainsaw is. <laughs> <laughs> and remember. Yeah. And remember. Yeah. There will be a test. Yeah, that's right. I always try to put, actually, this is perhaps knowing the, the, the audience and then the method is sometimes I will put in my bulletin uh, things that uh, that go along with what I'm right. saying in the homily. Mm-hmm. Because I know that chances are, don't think I don't know this, you're going to pick up the bulletin while I'm giving the mm-hmm. homily. So it's kind of like having a, um, a little a little cheat card, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes. Like this week I, I put the act of contrition in, uh, in the bulletin as a way of going, huh, well, he's saying that. And then, it's, oh, right okay. you know, yeah. You should put a whole page that says, pay attention. So when they turn, <laughs> they're like, ooh, ooh. I see you. Yeah. And you're like, uh-huh. But you see, I, it doesn't bother me when people read the bulletin because mm. I put it there for that reason. Right. And and so there are people who, who come to Mass and they're just not there, you know, mm-hmm. and they're not there. It to, they're just, it's yeah. not working that day. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I mean, that's part of knowing the audience, too. Mm-hmm. That's what makes beautiful churches so helpful. You have these big, wonderful churches and stained glass windows and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it's it's okay if somebody's not tuned in into yeah. the perp, you know, actual participation kind of thing. It's okay. Yeah. Well, that's what architecture is meant to be. Yeah. It's meant to be a form of communication. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did a seminar in college on philosophy of architecture, and that was 90% of it was that you're supposed to be able to read your environment. So that's, that's right. why our churches historically have been so beautiful, so mm-hmm. that people, when they're sitting in mass, and, you know, it used to be all in Latin and half of it silent, you know, like you could look around and still be evangelized while, you know, the consecration is happening. That's right, because yeah. that's the beautiful thing about our faith is it is a both and way of communication the church has always engaged all of the senses in some cases all at once right and and that's the beauty of it too and so part of our challenge is how do we take that and make it something in the 21st century as well well uh don't go anywhere because we're going to take this a little bit farther if you can imagine that the catholic underground will be back right after this A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, 
Grant, we beseech you, through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, St. Joseph, her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Got the ukulele. You have found the Catholic Underground inexplicably somehow. I'm Father Chris Decker, joined by Livy Galino, the Kathleen Lee. Hello. We got Father Ryan Humphreys over there too. And, Hello. Uh, Jeff Blackwell in space. Hey, Jeff. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Our picks of the week are coming up, but first, okay, we haven't done this in a while. Um, it, it is, in fact, a level 12 geek alert, if, if I may be so bold. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I haven't had one of those in a while. I know we haven't. Well, well, because, I mean, you, you, you'd have to know your audience, right? And, That's right. And, and Olivia and Kathleen are not always ones that I can speak about the tech things with. That's what true. You're trying to I say. mean, you just have to be honest about that, right? I'm, I'm all about honesty in the me- message, you know. And and I'm honest with you that sometimes my eyes glaze over when you do go down that road. Exactly. We're okay with that. <laughs> That'd be about both. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But but since we do have Father Ryan here, and uh, and he and I have been working together for a very long time, and in fact, we've been working together so long. We finished each other's sentences. And so we thought we would take the opportunity. It's our oh, only parlor wow. trick. Wow. And so. I'm a Catholic. I think it's a snack break time. We get a Snack break time. I love that you're in the middle of it this time. Yarp, yarp. Yeah. yeah. And so, I've got it. I'm in surround sound right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're welcome. He hurt. hasn't started talking about Star Trek yet. This is gonna, don't, oh, don't. Can get so don't much say worse. it. Don't even yeah. say it. It's going to hurt so bad. I Go haven't right mentioned ahead. uncoupling the Heisenberg compensators oh, once. Atlanta. This is one time. Help. If there's anybody out there, send in help and snacks. And perhaps a chainsaw. This I don't is a know. level 12 emergency. So uh, this past week, Apple introduced the iPhone. 8, mm-hmm. and if that wasn't enough, they introduced the iPhone X, the iPhone 10, which is basically the Samsung Galaxy 6, mm-hmm. right. but running uh, OS 10, yeah. or whatever it's going to be. Right. Yeah. Um, sure. and, and so the iPhone 10 does have a few, uh, a few neat little gadgets that it hasn't had before. So um, we're looking at uh, wireless induction charging, which is actually how Kathleen does her hair every morning. Mm, that's true. Uh, facial recognition, which is actually how Kathleen does her face in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, and then a bank of camera sensors and doodads that make every spy organization jealous, which is how Kathleen runs her classroom. Mm. <laughs> that's right. Zinger. Yeah, so, uh, so we thought it would be a good time for us to kind of power up the CU time machine and look into the future because we can do that, right? Uh, yeah. Let's start with wireless induction charging. Now, this is something that I think is really cool. Is this yeah. what? Is this, I'm sorry. Is no, this, no, is this what the Apple uh, Watch does already? It does. Okay, okay. Th- okay. This is not a new thing. A lot yeah. of folks have done wireless charging. Nikola Tesla actually came up with the idea of it, you know, umpteen years ago. Sorry. Yeah, the Android does it. It's okay. I just, I'm the only person at this table. I feel like I have to, who uses PC and Androids. I feel like I know, I it's have very to. sad. No, <laughs> I am happy to be the last stalwart at this table. In the I, think, I think we need one of those fight bells. <laughs> Cling. I don't know, oh, like the Oxford comma all over again. Google actually has to have is their motto, we're not evil, yeah. which is what evil people... Never. Anyway, so anyway, <laughs> wireless induction charging. Uh, this is one of those things that really seems good, right? Because the idea is, oh, you see, we can do this without 
cables and without this, that, and without the other. But of course, you still have to have a cable to plug There's into the wireless chargey thingy. So something. now you've got to bring a chargey paddy thingy as long <laughs> as the cable with the cable. Uh, so it's not actually saving anybody anything. Um, it may think, make things more convenient, but it's it's hard to say where this is going to really be a good thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if it does become a standardized thing, then you could imagine all sorts of wireless charging pads all over the place built yeah. into yeah. places, airports, things like that, which mm -hmm. could be very good, provided that nobody figures out a way to hack them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so you could actually, perhaps, in addition to wirelessly charging, you could also... Uh, up and download data. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's no yeah. reason you couldn't. The other thing that makes it kind of questionable is we have no long-term studies of the effects of all these little electromagnetic fields yeah. on human beings. That's right. So, you know, it's it's not beyond reason that you wear your Apple Watch for, say, 10 years, and then you end up growing another arm out of your wrist. That's yeah. We don't know that's going to happen. Could we be helpful if you not. run sound like Jeff. Yeah, uh, you know, that's true. <laughs> uh, but, All those vapors. But we really we really don't have any meaningful. So, so it's one of those things where the, the future of this is, is very, very potentially bright, but we also have no long-term tests. And, of course, we thought that, you know, artificial sweeteners would be a good thing. And they Look haven't really been so much. Mm -hmm. It's true. Going to real stuff. I'm still fat. I mean, it's like <laughs> Squendo gave me the promise of not being fat anymore. But I it, every Lies. Day. They even made it a pleasing yeah. yellow color on the package. I know. It's smiley, but it's still fatty. Of course, Why yellow is, is the color of fat. So we yeah. should have known. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, some would say poison. a corn husk. Yeah, yeah. Corn husk. Corn, you think? corn silk is corn the color. Corn, corn silk. Husk. Yeah. Corn husk is a bit more, you know, brown. Yeah, the thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. So. But I, I like the idea of inductive charging because I like the idea of just setting my phone down and it charges. Mm -hmm. I really do like that. Well, and, and when you think about we can actually, if we can get away from a plug and we can get away from a headphone, you can actually make a fully waterproof phone. Oh, yeah. Right. Because no there are no holes or, except right. for the microphone and the. Uh, That's right. Yeah, and, and even you then, can you cover can, that. Yeah, you can cover that with a thin layer of glass. Mm -hmm. But do we need a waterproof phone? Oh, yeah. I, okay, I, I know I do. I don't have issues. With I can't tell you how many times I've been swimming and said, "I really wish I could be making a call right now." <laughs> like that's my thing. Every time I go to like buy a new phone or just you know I see things pop up, um, like so and so has released their new model of whatever X brand, and I'm just like, and every time they're they're you know propounding that like this is one step closer to being completely waterproof, and I'm like, but but why? Like yeah. I don't. <laughs> we invent holy grails when we can't find the real one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I think that there there is there is a value in the in the idea of it being a completely sealed system, um, because right now so much of the 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 power loss and things like that have to do with the fact that the system itself it's has open. air in mm -hmm. it and things like that. So there there is a real a real aspect of if we could fill that with some nitrogen, then that would be good, and it would actually allow us to create a a, a, a bit more pressure on the inside, and it might even be less breakable. Mm -hmm. um, so th there's a lot of interesting stuff to do with that, but the induction charging could be a good thing, I think, in mm -hmm. the future. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, the, the the fact that your phone has to be made of glass. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, you could make it out of sapphire. Oh, I think I would like that. Uh, I'll have one. How much is that going to run me? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the phone's already coming in at a cool grand. Uh, yeah. So, Let's talk yeah, about the price tag on that Thank one. Thank goodness they have payment plans because I'll be paying it off for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. My children are going to be paying off my cell phone. <laughs> well, right. Don't buy that phone then. You should. 
buy a less expensive one. Yeah. Um, at this point, I'm going to get a flip phone. <laughs> hey. I mean, one of those Nokia blue I would love a flip bricks. phone. Well, they're bringing, right. they're like bringing it back, though, you know. Oh. Those yeah. I dropped that thing out the window of a building <laughs> 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 upstairs and picked it up, and it still worked. Yeah, I was there. Crazy. I had the blue flip phone. I was awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Father Chris broke so many of my things when I was in seminary, but never the blue flip phone. Yeah. And loving it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. So let's see. That's a wireless induction charging, uh, facial recognition, and dot projection. Now, I have to admit, I, I saw this and went, wow, this is yeah. this is Mission Impossible level stuff here. It really is. Where where they're, they're taking your face, the phone mm-hmm. itself is taking your face, projecting dots into the 3D contours of your face using a camera. I just mm-hmm. messed up my mm-hmm. glasses. And, and is then saying, okay, based upon the fact that your facial features by and large don't change, this is you. That's right. And they even use masks and they had professional Hollywood mask designers yeah. to... To, to try and figure out if they could spoof it, and so far. I mean, wow. even, even if your eyes are closed, it'll go, that's not you. Mm-hmm. you mean, it's, it's, mm. it's, expect, it's expecting mm. the exact facial features. Yeah. I, I, no idea what happens if you get, gain or lose weight. Or become yeah. a pirate. Or yeah. if you like have a beard or don't or shave it off. Yeah. yeah, they say that it will supposedly work if you have facial hair in one moment, and then if you don't. you might have to end oh. up putting in your password and doing a rescan. Yeah. But this thing is a big deal in large part because they're doing all this on the phone using AI in the phone, artificial intelligence, mm. not shipping it off like Siri does to a computer bank somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and so if your your computer's if the uh, the internet is down, then you don't have access to this thing. This mm. is incredibly important technology. Yeah. Uh, for security, for all sorts of things, um, I, I, in, I predict in the future this is going to be ubiquitous. I mean, it'll be everywhere. Yeah. You might even be able to turn it in order to adjust your thermostat. You have to look at it and have this kind of yeah. thing. Wow. Um, I predict some pretty dangerous stuff coming from this too, though. If we were to go into into the the um, the, the stories of like Philip K. Dick and Minority Report, mm-hmm. the idea that everywhere you walk, your face is being scanned left, right, and center for advertising yeah. and for mm-hmm. government control and for, I mean, that, that there's some pretty dangerous yeah. stuff too, but it's incredible technology. Yeah, right right now, that's basically what Siri and Alexa and all the other named women of, uh, <laughs> of, of uh, things of the, the internet, internet are doing. Things, yeah. Yeah. There's never a guy one. Why is yeah. that? I don't know. Because women are so helpful. Oh, that's what it is. And Suitable it, helpmate. Kevin, tell me the time, Genesis please. Two. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> What's it to you, bub? <laughs> yeah, I think you sleep got sleep over here. Time right. for you to get a watch. <laughs> About 10 minutes <laughs> after the last time you asked me. <laughs> How come all of the male things of the internet are now sounding like my Uncle Carl? I don't, I don't want to use car salesmen. I want to help. So yeah, Alexa and Siri. But that's basically what they're doing. They're scanning all the time if you have that engaged. Yeah, that, and that's that's a freaky thing. I really don't like those because, I mean, as, as much as it's nice to be able to say, you know, uh, Alexa, get me an Uber, the idea that that thing is listening to everything that goes on in your house yeah. and, and oh, that yeah. that thing is, is saying, oh, he's he's watching an old episode of, of 30 Rock. You know, I mm-hmm. know that. I know what episode he's, listen, he's watching. I know he's watched it six times. That's really freaky, yeah, you know, that somebody is. knows that and that that's being put into a profile, yeah. which ostensibly could become a matter of subpoena, a matter of record, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and at the same time, to be a little conspiracy theory, that's also the kinds of things that could be used to manipulate data and create false records or false flag. And that's that freaks me out pretty hard, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Um, the. the in the chat room, said that that it's it's uh, the Connect company. They bought the company that makes Connect, and so it's really not a new. 
um, technology. Because if right. you had like the the connect the uh, the gaming system, oh yeah, huh? then then that was already at work. But this is perhaps a slightly new application of it. Yeah, well, this is massively updated in terms of, of, of how many dots are going out, how much is being tracked, mm -hmm. and also the the level of processing, mm -hmm. which is pretty intense. I mean, you're talking about about tens of thousands of points of reference as opposed to say 12. You yeah. know? So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an order of magnitude. It's really kind of neat to think that, that this is, this is something that we've been seeing on movies for a very long time. And it's something that is now really, I think you're right. It's about to become the way that we do everything. I would imagine like the TSA will have a version of this, you yeah. know, as you're, as you're going through security, it can even yeah. make security in airports perhaps, or, uh, the, the bus terminal or, or the train, the Termini in Rome, mm. even the train terminal actually can, can help you a little <laughs> Take bit. Take 45 Nothing years to install to that in Termini. <laughs> no, that's right. That's Nothing right. will help And then 45 me. minutes per person. No, yeah. step again. Uh, it did not work uh, you, this you time. You smile too much. Too many pasta. You go, no, no. You eat too many pasta. No can have. No can have. That yeah. place Sorry. will be the last holdout when the Escaton comes. <laughs> so uh, so go, you go to fat line, please. At the Parousia, people will be waiting in line there. I mean, it's going to be bad. I don't like this place. I've never been there. Oh, the Termini? I don't want to go it, to the fat line. <laughs> no, it's 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 a yeah, bus and train situation in Rome, and yeah. it's awful. It's just where it's, dreams go to die. Yeah. It's true. Mm. It's true. But they do have uh, a bookstore. But angry Italians go to work. Yeah, Real so. quick, like, Yeah, because you pay to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Sorry. There it is. Well, I mean, there are paid toilets. Still bit, still yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, Father Ryan, you had mentioned, because, uh, uh, like, Alexa, is always, Siri's always listening. Right. Uh, I, I came across an article about Silver Push. If you just Google Silver Push, this is a company that's gathering data to, to use for marketing purposes. Mm -hmm. And so it's the very thing you're talking about. Right. It's, it's for real right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I turned it off on my iPhone where I don't want Hey Siri. I mean, it's very right. convenient, and I yeah. used it a couple of times. But it, the idea is that that's not just there for convenience. They're yeah. tracking everything. It's listening. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's doing it in order to create profiles of individuals. Um, you right. know, to sell you stuff, yes, mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, or for nefarious reasons. I mean, we all know what happened with the NSA and wiretapping. Yes. There's no reason to believe that Google or Amazon are not also part of that. You know, that kind of thing, or that they're they're you know that they couldn't be breached at some point. That's right. They are gathering. It's freaky. Yeah, it I get is. freaked out when Facebook, like I think about something like a book or a movie, and it shows up on like my Facebook feed, and I'm like. Yeah. That's happened to me with I Google. Mean, like, and I think when I think about it, like I didn't say it out loud. Yeah. I didn't type it in anywhere. I go back and search. Like, did I Amazon that like 20 years? No, no. Yeah. I thought about it and it showed up. Kathleen, I don't like that. You're guilty of thought crime. I, I know. That's Maybe it. Maybe you shouldn't have put I'm, that chip in your ear. <laughs> that's right. Maybe you oh, shouldn't have thought so hard. Yeah. <laughs> See what happens when you think too hard, kids? So it shows up in your Google search results. It shows up in your Google search. It's ridiculous. So, Lizzie, facial recognition dot projection. Yeah. Um, and then I actually didn't watch this part of the, of the Steve note or the Tim Cook note. Tim note. Tim note. Um, but uh, there, there's now a new Apple Watch that's, that's coming about. And it has a SIM card in it, making it basically Maxwell Smart's watch phone. Yeah, we actually have two-way communicator watches now that, that are cellular-enabled, which is bonkers. Dick Tracy predicted Dick Tra it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. well, back in the 40s? Yeah, yeah. 30s. 30s? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing, and the thing that makes this interesting is that as SIM cards become cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, 
and as companies are more comfortable with saying, okay, you can have five phones and 10 tablets and blah, 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 eventually you have the idea that you can have as many SIM cards as you want, and they're just going to charge for data. And so you could imagine Wi-Fi itself going away and saying, okay, in my house, I have, you know, in my house personally, I have three computers, I have three tablets, I have a phone, um, you know, I have a, a smart uh thermostat i have two hue light bulbs you know i mean you could imagine all of those things getting their own sim card being able to make phone calls being uniquely available trackable by gps all that sort of stuff and that that's an interesting and also disturbing kind of skynet sort of thing too yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right because they're always on basically yeah. yeah they're always connecting to a network and so you have all you, you have your house locked down, but all these things are able to phone out yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I, I went around the, after I watched the Edward Snowden movie, a movie called Citizen Four. Mm -hmm. I went around and just counted the number of cameras in my house, and it was twenty-four internet-enabled cameras between wow. my com between my computers, my phones, my tablets, and it was absolutely terrifying mm -hmm. to think there were twenty-four live internet-connected cameras in my home. Right. And, and, and that, granted, I'm a nerd, but I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot, not yeah. a small mm -hmm. number, mm -hmm. you yeah. know. Yeah, I, I was using my Kindle Fire the other day, and I was like, oh, there's a camera on there. I never mm. noticed that before. They do sell little stickers. You can just Which Father Ryan promptly purchased yeah, after watching mm -hmm. Citizen Four. I'm not paranoid, but I was a little, I was like, you know, this is, this is disturbing that all these cameras are here, mm -hmm. and there's no need for them. And so I went ahead and covered them up. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, yeah, in the chat room. I still prefer Ethernet. Don't we all? Ah, uh, no, yes. No. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, and, of course, uh, I like the idea of Ethernet, too, because the sub-Etha was, uh, was um, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That was the way that you would ubiquitously communicate. So I think, I think sub-Etha was wireless, though. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, Kathleen. I, I feel said, it. I said nothing. Yeah, I said but I nothing. heard your thoughts, Kathleen. <laughs> like did? a Google search. It's you. You're the one right, piling stuff in my Facebook. So you've, you've seen it go up and up and up on your telephone. First we had 3G, then there 4G. Now 5G networks, which yep. is 100 megabytes per second up and down. Or down. Down. Mm -hmm. down. down. Probably going to be like 12 to 13 up. But I mean, yeah. just, just take a moment and realize... 2G, the original edge network kind of mm -hmm, thing, mm -hmm. was 128K per second. That's basically a slow DSL. 3G is a fast DSL, 784 to 1 meg down. The current LTE is 3 to 8 megs down. Mm. This thing is 100 megs down, which is a fast fiber connection that you're paying 80 bucks a month for now. Now, this is five, four to five, six years away. Uh -huh. But that means that it, at when this becomes a thing, you don't need Wi-Fi anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't need, I mean, every every little device you have that's connected to this sucker can download a high-def movie in something like, two minutes mm -hmm. your two gigs jeff that you that you pay for on your phone mm -hmm. you can use in 180 seconds yeah for the month Woo. you get so a, you imagine get a, what they're going to do to your data plan oh yes <laughs> yeah. unlimited data plans i imagine will be an adventure but mm -hmm. but that's mm -hmm. going to be this is probably going to be the single biggest thing because the idea of you no longer need wi-fi at home but now you're ubiquitously connected at super high speeds uh, that allow very, very high ups and downs um, for all manner of things. It's it's incredibly yeah. important and probably the single most important kind of technological innovation that's sitting in front of us right now. Mm -hmm. I, I myself am kind of excited for this because I like the idea of, uh, of being able to wirelessly uh, use data. You know, I, mm -hmm. I like the idea of, of having that and not having to worry about it. In fact, uh, Olivia was telling us before the show that she just discovered how to make her phone a Wi-Fi hotspot. 
Well, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I, I, yeah. I knew that it was a possible thing. Yeah, but you just never done it. You I, never yeah, it I had the occasion. I was traveling a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I was in an airport, and I didn't want to pay for the, you know, yeah. whatever yeah, airport exactly. Wi-Fi. So I was like, well, wait a second. I know that I have unlimited, and I know that somehow I can turn this into a Wi-Fi hotspot. A little LED so, bulb went on over her head. Yeah, and yeah. so I did it, and I felt like, <laughs> I, right. thank you. I felt like a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> felt like a millennial. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, Father Ryan can tell you, I kind of let out a squee whenever I discovered <laughs> that uh, I could use my, my phone as a hotspot. That spot was to the actual work. noise. It was. I was about <laughs> to say. That is the best ever. A, I, You're welcome. Yes. Yeah. He had big puppy dog eyes with, uh, you know, the glowing little, you know, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And, and then, of course, in the chat room, we are, in fact, transitioning from HD to 4K. So, but we also have now the the H.265 um, right boy that's uh, going to be a big deal. And no, H- this seems nerdy, but <laughs> no, it's No, I'm just counting <laughs> No, I mean right now when when we encode video, right? The, the the how big is the file father? A couple couple of gigs, the big one and yeah. then the small encoded one is a couple hundred megs. Mm-hmm. This thing is going to be four times smaller. Yeah. So that means HD videos that are being streamed to you can be mm-hmm. four times smaller. And and if it's going to be getting faster as it comes towards you, that means that that you can watch Netflix HD on your watch mm-hmm. while you're sitting on the subway, mm-hmm. you know, and then store it there because it's so small. It's just bonkers. Yeah. And then of course, 4K. That's one of the good things about the data speeds uh, with downloads getting better yeah. and faster is that we are going to be probably using more data. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. With no 4K. Doubt. Yeah, uh, and then of course, ultra high res 3D dual sensor cameras, and so this is. Something like so you know how on CSI they say can you zoom in and enhance <laughs> and that's total and complete nonsense yeah. <laughs> not anymore no you know now when you're talking about a, a, a two sensors two cameras taking this incredibly high res picture it's not impossible to to adjust the camera a bit it's entirely doable it's terrifying mm-hmm. and doable huh. yeah that's right so so Kathleen I think uh, we'll be able to to like see pores and then you can actually figure out a way to clear those pores because you're zooming in and enhancing. Which you pores? can see Who's mountains pores inside pores. That was you know. the, the conversation you, you chose of? to have. What did we say? What did we say? I was just trying to draw Kathleen into the conversation. Uh, well, I was going Alexa. to say I was going to say I went to a concert this weekend, yeah. and um, and we were in a, we were like in the second section back, so mm-hmm. we were a little farther away, um, and I I was impressed by my iPhone. Oh, know, the camera, the video, good pictures mm-hmm. and video, um, but I'm just imagining like. What that's gonna look like? Oh yeah, you know, you'll be able to get go, close up yeah. and see the pores go, of need to breathe. There it is. There it is. That's a good save. But mm-hmm. um, or like you know when you're uh, in the mountains or hiking, which I rarely ever do. But um, you know what are those far away shots that you'll mm-hmm. be able to. Zoom you see in the wood out. thrush. You take a picture of the wood mm-hmm. thrush, even yep. though it's yep. four miles away. Mm-hmm. There it's you go. nuts. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kathleen, would it make you feel better if I decided to segue? from speaking of your pores. I think it would. Well, I think uh, it's probably time for that part of the show that we like to call The CU Pick of the Week. Oh, my goodness. All right. There we go. Um, Picks of the Week. Kathleen, you are on top of the picks. Yes. I just came back from Memphis um, where I went to go see Need to Breathe, and I wanted to be like, well, Need to Breathe will be my pick of the week. week. But uh, I've already used them 50 billion times, so... Need to breathe. You need to listen to them. So, this weekend I got the the honor and the privilege to go to the Civil Right, the National Civil Rights Museum in Memphis. Now this is um, built 
kind of out of uh, the Lorraine Motel where Martin Luther King Jr. was was shot and killed. Um, and I, I wasn't quite sure. I, I don't think I was expecting really anything. Um, you know, I, I wasn't. I didn't know any, much about it. Um, so we went there, and they've they have preserved the front. You know, because we know that Martin Luther King Jr. was shot on the balcony. Um, so they preserved the front beautifully of the of the motel, um, and. Even they've put like old cars that are very close to the ones that were parked there originally. Oh, cool! Yeah, um, and there's a wreath on the balcony, and you go inside to the National Civil Rights Museum, and it is just gorgeously done. Mm-hmm. I mean, through um, you know, one time they were talking about um, uh, march across a bridge, and you you the 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 ground underneath you changes from carpet to concrete, you know, uh, and just very small um, nuances like that where you just walk through and you're like, yes, it's, um, you know, a real... The storytelling of a good museum is always amazing to me. Yes, yes, yes. And from the very beginning, you know, the very beginning you start with um, slavery in America, Um, and then they walk through... Um, just the civil rights movement and, and, and the struggle and the beauty and the, the celebration. And, um, and then you end, they, they, you come out um, through the uh, kind of, you're on the other side of the balcony. So you, the two rooms where Martin Luther King Jr. was um, and his entourage, you know, and his people um, that were his aides um, have been kind of preserved. Oh, wow. And you can see them. And then you can go across the street um, to the boarding house where the where um, James Earl Ray um, shot mm-hmm. from across the street, and they've they've you know they preserved that as well mm-hmm. and, and made it a museum. It's just beautifully done. Mm-hmm. I mean, beautiful. And it's an important story to tell. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. And it was interesting to see, um, you know, the wide array of people that were there: mm-hmm. young, old, you know, black, white, you know, from here in America, not from America. Um, it's just beautiful, beautiful experience. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks for that pick. Yeah. Uh, Olivia. Yeah, my pick of the week. Um, I've been looking for a good prayer primer, I guess, or just mm-hmm. a book on prayer since, I don't know, probably for like four years now. Mm-hmm. And I think you, Father Chris, I recommended have. this one to me because I, I, I was saying before the show, I don't remember buying this, but I remember it sitting on my desk one day and, you know, <laughs> I've maybe, been looking for that book. Yeah, I was I, like, yeah, well, look at that. Um, and it's a it's a gorgeously written book. It's called Beginning to Pray by Anthony Bloom. And he's actually, um, he was an archbishop for the Russian Orthodox. Yeah, Russian Patriarch. Orthodox Archbishop. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and his way of writing is very, um, very colloquial. You know, you feel like he's just telling you stories, but it's also very profound um, just where he starts. He starts with, you know, it's beginning to pray. He starts a chat with the chapter on the absence of God mm-hmm. or the what we perceive to be the absence of God. Um, and so, and Which he is like the number one question when most people pray. is like, yeah. why does it seem like there's no one there? Yeah. And yeah. if nothing else, I mean, I'm going to, this is going to be a jerk move. But I'm going to say, mm-hmm. buy the book just to read that chapter. Because mm-hmm. that changed completely how I thought about prayer mm-hmm. and how I had my own struggles with, uh, with you know, yeah, this was recommended by my spiritual director as a college seminarian, mm-hmm. and I have I have certainly attempted to to uh, practice what it, it it's, uh, speaks of. Yeah, and then I also ask my spiritual directees to read it because it's a good little primer. But yeah, yeah. beginning to pray is a good one. Father Ryan, how about your pick of the week? Well, actually, mine is simple. I, I was playing with Spotify, and I, I like Spotify a lot. Mm-hmm. I know we've recommended it a hundred times, but they've been adding more and more sophisticated technology and algorithms. And I, on the ride up here, decided to click one of the random daily mixes for mm-hmm. me. And it was the most incredible experience because... It was a journey, was it? It really was. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, it's it's 
it's such an incredibly good experience. And of course, the more you click like or don't like as you're going, it becomes more and more mm-hmm. focused and excellent. But uh, but I think it's a good thing um, to, to, from time to time, just remind us of stuff that's really good. I was thinking about dumping Spotify. I decided to hold on to it after this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that a lot of people already use Spotify, but do consider trying out some of the daily mixes mm-hmm. and do do click like and all that kind of stuff so that it, it will do a good job of uh, building a really good custom playlist Very for cool. you. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a, uh, a little more Pandora as things well, go. What was really neat is it was, it was all about this kind of nostalgic trip through praise and worship in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird and unexpected, but right. awesome. Yeah, but there it was, so, yeah. You know, so what are you going to do? It's part of Father Ryan's story. Yeah, you know. Uh, Jeff, your pick of the week. Mine is iRuler. Uh, it's an app for your iPhone or, or for, for Kings, your Android. Yeah, yeah uh, I was... Um, <laughs> actually, Give him an inch, he'll think he's a ruler. I... Yes, for those who want to be, hear me. Um, but no, uh, I was on a job, and we were looking through some screws and bolts, and I was trying to measure the length of them. And I had this big 25-foot tape and trying to get that thing out and hold it, and then I just realized, let me just download this free app, iRuler. And uh, you can actually, uh, if you were measuring a page, you can hold it and, and, and drag your iPhone, and it'll measure up like to a foot. So they have oh. a pro version for like two bucks if you want to do bigger jobs but i thought it was really cool for free it, it, it works there you go yeah and uh let's see my pick of the week is a mini mass kit for your mini me if you have a a, a youngin who who wants to be a priest or is thinking about it really? um, yeah yeah you can actually buy a little brass mass kit um oh. from uh, from our father's house educational materials buy and for catholic families it's a little montessori a homeschool group, mm-hmm. and so uh, you can you can buy. Um, it comes with a chalice, a patent, a crucifix, a ciborium, a little brass snuffer, a brass bell, a sanctuary light, and then it's got altar cloths and cruets and a finger bowl. So everything you need to train uh-huh. that, that uh, young precious. priest to be, which is a really kind of a beautiful thing for for a young kid. So that's my pick of the week. Let us know what your picks of the week are. You can go back chat at catholicunderground.com to do that. And, of course, go to CatholicUnderground.com and find out everything. But we also also want to thank uh, all of our benefactors and those who support us, don't we, Jeff? Yes, sir. This week, Catholic Underground is brought to you uh, and made possible by people just like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at CatholicUnderground.com slash donate. Portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by AudibleTrial.com slash Catholic Underground. That's AudibleTrial.com slash Catholic Underground. And also by Mystic Monk Coffee. More information at CatholicUnderground.tv. That's right. If you like uh, the show notes for this episode, to find out the stuff that we talked about, you can subscribe to the podcast audio. Go to CatholicUnderground.com and find all of that information. All right, our panelists have been Kathleen Lead, the benefactress in the Faith Ninja, and our Hope Samurai. Thank you, Kathleen. Anytime. Yep, uh, Olivia Galino is, uh, well, she's right there. OM Galino on Twitter. Thank you, Galino. Uh, Galino Olivia. Wow. Sorry. Uh, How many times are you going to forget my name? Kevin. <laughs> thank you, Kevin. Also, Father Ryan Humphreys. Father, thank you. Happy to do it, man. Our technical director is Jeff Blackwell. Thank you, Jeff. Always a privilege, Father. You're at Jeff Blackwellis on Twitter. Yes. Yep. Our research assistant and the leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Our video director this week has been Ed Ball. You know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on the Twitters at Digital Catholic. We hope that we've helped you cut through all of the noise and find that still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground. We're Faith Gone Digital. And I promise you, we'll see you next time.
from the Catholic underground.